Hi, I'm TechCrunch Managing Editor Daryl Etherington. This is the TechCrunch Podcast, where we cover everything you need to know about the week's top stories in tech from the people who wrote them. And this week, we're recording live from Disrupt. You might be able to hear some chatter in the background. We just crowned the winner of Disrupt Battlefield, and everything is going great. We're having a blast here. Read all about it on TechCrunch.com. But first, listen to the rest of this podcast. This week, I'm talking with Jordan Crook about her TechCrunch Disrupt interview with tennis goat and investor Serena Williams. The whole team was zeroed in on the conference this week, so that's the only interview, but we'll still also break down the biggest stories in tech. Kanye West announced that he plans to acquire Parler, the social network founded as a so-called freedom of speech-focused alternative to Twitter. Parler has raised around $56 million to date, but neither the network nor West revealed the terms of the deal. The company only has around 250,000 monthly active users across its iOS and Android mobile apps, according to third-party analytics. You can read more about this on TechCrunch from Manish Singh. Netflix has been slowly closing the wide-open gate when it comes to account sharing, and now it's making it easier to keep your watch history. The new Netflix profile transfer feature allows people to bring over their viewing history, their customized recommendations, their watch lists, and more when setting up a brand new account. Netflix is positioning this more as a way to preserve your profile details when families change configuration, either via kids moving out or relationships breaking up. Check out more on TC from Lauren Forrestal. Google is spending its time and money wisely, having built a new ping pong robot that is incredibly good at keeping a rally going. The robotic system gets better by learning from playing against a human opponent. Google's goal with this project isn't actually to create an unstoppable table tennis robot, but to prove out technologies that would allow humans to program robots to perform specific tasks much more efficiently. Read more from Devin Coldaway on TC. Finally, definitely check out everything from our 2022 Disrupt Conference, including the Startup Battlefield, the full interviews with Serena Williams, Kevin Hart, and Draymond Green, and much, much more. And now we'll hear from Jordan Crook about her chat with Serena Williams. Hi, Jordan. Hey, D-Town. All right, so here we are at TechCrunch Disrupt 2022, live. Live and in person. Yeah, and it's day three, so... So my voice is really low uh, and kind of like timbrous, like yes. yours. It takes I've a lot of our voices, all of our voices. Overusing it, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you had a very exciting onstage interview this time around. What was it, Jordan? Tell us. I interviewed Serena Williams, and I just have to say how unsettling it is to look you in the eyes... While, while recording this? a podcast rather than look you in the screen. In the computer eyes? Yeah, in the yeah. Zoom eyes. I know, it's unusual, but we'll try We're to... We're going to get through it. Yeah, Maybe we should just look away from each other. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I interviewed Serena Williams and it was awesome. I thought it was awesome. Did you think it was awesome? I agree. It was awesome. No notes. No notes, Perfect, really. Perfect, 100%. Yeah. Thank you. Like, honestly, seriously entertaining. There was a point when I was like oh, that would have been such a good note to end on, but she's going to keep going. Uh-oh, she screwed it up. And then, guess what? You pulled it out. It was an even Still better note. Still on a great note, so. Well, it was a little bit stiff, I think, at the beginning, but we were asking a lot of VC-oriented questions and diversity-oriented questions. And I think also for Serena, the thing that to remember is, like, she's not actually new to investing. Right. But her interviews, which she's also not new to, have mostly been centered around Texas. Texas, yeah. Mostly been centered around tennis, which is also something she's not new to. So, like, good investor privately, great tennis player every day all the time, great interviewer about tennis, but then we mixed interviews with VC, which I think is not something that she's done a million times. So it felt like she was a little bit stiff and just, like, getting comfortable in that. But she knows her And once she did that, 
I feel like she really opened up and we got to talk about a lot of interesting things. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think that's true. I think she was like at first a little bit, you know, nervous or out of her element or whatever, but you're right. She quickly got up to it. And then I think it helped that her partner there, Allison Rappaport, Stillman. It's Stillman. Yeah. Allison, Allison Rappaport. Rappaport Stillman was on stage and they got to a place where that you could tell it was like their relationship in real life, just playing out on stage. It was very totally. casual. And they even had a conversation at one point where I asked how often they invest alongside Alexis and seven seven six. And Allison was like, I think it was two. And it was Serena exactly was like, I'm not do. sure. <laughs> And they were like, maybe, I mean, he's smart. Maybe we could do it more, Uh, you know? And it was like, they were almost like brainstorming it live on stage together. And that was a really cool moment, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And also her strident refusal to discuss stuff with him. That was cool that like, he came out. It was a little bit of a curveball. Yeah, like they don't talk about it at home, right? Investment or. Yeah, I think I expected, you can kind of tell that both of them are competitive people. But they're also married and they do basically the same job. So I just had this assumption that they would be chatting about it a lot. But it's funny that, yeah, she was basically said, no, never. We're too competitive for that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not something I knew about him either. But I mean, it's funny that her competitive streak, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I'm competitive in like specific things, but not everything. But it sounds like she wants to win. All the time. I guess that's yeah. her brand. Right? I mean, I I really empathize with that. I think I, I turn everything into a competition. Yeah. I can't help it. I need it. And I don't think you can... It makes a lot of sense now that I think about it that Alexis is competitive because I don't think you can marry someone who's like that without at least understanding it. Mm. Like maybe it would be a bad idea if they were both equally competitive right. because then you like are fighting over everything. But you have to be competitive enough to understand what that feels like yeah yeah yeah, to understand what that feels like for your partner because if you don't then you're never going to get why you know this conversation or this little thing is such a big deal yeah exactly yeah i think i also thought it was really interesting when she talked about kind of like her namesake and serenity and like how different her approach is to tennis versus investing and how she's kind of like more chill and like while being competitive, but her approach as an investor is more cerebral and then less emotional compared to her tennis playing. Right? Yeah. And I think too, like you can tell watching Serena over the last 25 years playing tennis, despite the fact that she is the greatest the world has ever seen. And not only just at tennis or just as a female athlete, but probably like a top five athlete of all time, mm-hmm. you might expect or mistake her for being arrogant. I actually don't think she's arrogant at all. She's very introspective. Yeah. Like I get the feeling that not just with VC or anything, she spends a lot of time like on self-reflection, which is why she is both confident but not unlikable. She's very likable in her confidence. Mm-hmm. And I think that that probably lends itself really well to VC because it would be easy to be like, I dominated at tennis. The way that I behave in tennis will work for everything else. She's like, no, you know, actually like calm, cooler heads prevail right. in business. And so I'm just going to do it that way. And yeah, I thought that was really interesting too. Yeah, for sure. Another great moment was when she said like she can be patient and it was because she waited 17 years to win her first open. And then Allison clarified that meant from from birth. birth. (laughs) Yeah, she won when she was 17, her first US Open. And it's mad that it It wasn't when she was 16. And I was, I just basically told Serena, I was like, I just don't think of that as patience. Like, I don't think of you as patient for having done that. Right, right. 
No, I, yeah, I mean, well, maybe she was thinking about it since she was six. You never know. She so. was thinking about it. I mean, I think the first picture of her with a racket in her hand is before she's two years old. So, right. and there was probably a line of questioning that I was interested in asking around her upbringing mm. and her dad predominantly, but both of her parents kind of like deciding for her and Venus that they were going to be great tennis players right. one way or another. And I think they're both. They've both said publicly that they're very grateful for the work that their parents put into them. But now Serena's a mom. And I'm just, like, curious. There are certain things I don't think you can be the best at without someone choosing for you. Yeah. Because no three-year-old is like, I'm going to dedicate my life to golf. Right. Tiger Woods has a similar story. Yeah. And by all accounts, tennis is, like, particularly unpleasant to drill away at for, like, a really long time. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. So... I was just curious about that. And she said she's still trying to, she said not to me, but she said in previous interviews that she's like trying to find the balance between pushing her daughter and letting her daughter explore what she's interested in. But I thought that was a unique piece. We never got to touch on it, but. Well, you will in future interviews of Serena Williams. That yeah, have. we have one set for on her tennis court. Right. That when was I watch also her good. play you tennis. You have an invite, which I'm sure you're going to take her up on. I will. I mean, I'm sure that I'll never hear from her again. I'll be like, hey, Serena, remember when you said I could come watch you play on your personal private tennis court? Yeah. And And she'll be like, like, spam. Yeah. (laughs) I was just going to leave some dead air in there, and that would be the response. Yeah. It's not good radio, so. No, spam is better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What did you think about her regrets for her investment there? I think... Everybody's curious what that ride-hailing company is. I don't I think mean, we found The out. obvious guess has to be blah, blah, car, but you never know. It could, well, because it was in France, but... She I, could I have met with any founder. Uber or something. Like. No, I think she's invested in Uber. Oh, is she? I don't know. Well, I have to double-check. Reader, think, you can check and let us know, or listener. But For some reason, I think she is, but that one have to double-check. Instacart were the big regrets like pre Serena Ventures, pre connecting with Allison, it was this ride hailing company. And then post working together with Allison, they both said that they regretted not going into Instacart. They apparently saw it when it was kind of late, but they didn't realize it there was, was like still the a lot Series of B or something. Yeah. And they were like, Oh, we don't do Series B but in that case, though, an exception would have been worthwhile, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that I mean nobody foresaw the pandemic. I think if we all had a you know, crystal ball. I think there were a lot of like kind of on-demand things that yeah. no one that had, that had felt like they had stalled a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it, it did extend the life and extended the value return period for a few of those. Right. And Instacart was definitely one of those. So it's really hard to predict, but always an interesting question to see what, cause you know, that's the one thing, right? Like all investors have a thing where they're like, Someone came and pitched me this, and if I had done that one, it would have returned all my funds. I would be on a beach right now somewhere. Yeah, I think it's an interesting line of questioning that we don't do often enough mm-hmm. at TechCrunch, which yeah. is like, what's the one that got away? Yeah. And the more I talk to VCs privately, I don't know how comfortable they are saying it publicly, but privately, it's always interesting. Right. Because I think it also teaches those VCs, like, you have to stay fresh. You have to, you can't, like, stay stuck in your mindset of like I know exactly what's going on. The whole thing with VC is that you don't. Yeah. The whole thing with tech is that you don't. Yeah. You know? And that was also interesting to talk about that and the the success loop like is very extended, right? So for Serena, who is used to like stepping on the court and two hours go by and then she wins. (laughs) Yeah. And like the score is clear and the stats are clear and you know what happened there. It's a very different thing. And it's a different thing to 
mean, Serena certainly thinks of every match that she plays, she should win. Right. And her record shows it. I mean, she's won hundreds of matches, and I think her losses through her entire career are in the double digits. Wow, yeah. After 20-some years, right? Like, at least at the U.S. Open. Mm -hmm. So she is used to winning 90, 95, 98% of the time, right? And in VC, if you invest in 100 companies, you know, 20 to 25% of them are going to fail at best. 50% of them are going to kind of chug along. And, you know, another 20, 10 to 20% are going to rock it. And that's your win. Yeah. It's like one or two companies, you know, three or four companies. So that's a weird ratio for someone who is used to winning 95% of the time in very clear, succinct fashion. Well, and she did talk about, you know, and we want all of our companies to win, right? And she's always rooting for them all, which, to your point, like, doesn't work out. But it's still the right approach. Like, you can't go with any other approach. You have to go in thinking, like, we want them all to win. I'm going to do everything I can for all of them to win. But you also have to, I think she was, she's working through this as we speak, which is like, oh, I often think when a company doesn't, isn't going the way that I expect it to, like, what could I have done? What should I have done? Blah, blah, blah. And I think that that is a transition she's aware of having to make. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, you did everything you could do. Yeah. It's like sometimes it just doesn't work out. That's the risk in starting a company. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe over time. She decides that's not for her, and then she goes back to tennis, which you kind of... Uh, I was hoping for. Yeah, you left open the possibility. I mean, she's always leaving she's it She's leaving open it open, door. yeah, yeah. And she, I mean, I said something about retirement, and she was like, I, never, I am not retired. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't want you to retire. And she was like, I'm not retiring. And I was like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I thought kinda, it was weird that you tried to force her into retirement, Jordan. Actually, I didn't. I was trying to force her to never <laughs> retire in anything. I never want her to go away. I don't want there to be a day that I'm on this earth and Serena Williams isn't. Well, that's a lovely sentiment. I do want to bring up one other thing, too, that was I don't think is available anywhere else. Now, this might turn out to be incorrect. Maybe somebody got a picture of it. But there was a moment where (laughs) Serena Williams struggled with opening her water bottle. That was probably one of the best moments of my life. And the fact that it's not included in the video playback, that it just happened ephemerally live and only lives in our memories is so sad to me. In fact, if there wasn't... what to tell what happened? We don't even... Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. I'm going to tell you, listener. So... I open my bottle of water. We have these bottles of water on the stage. They're like aluminum with a You need to know all of this, screw top. Yeah, this is really important. Vividly uh, pictured in your mind. Serrated, yeah. So I opened up my water bottle and had a sip, and that was great. And I, Serena noticed that I did that, and she was like, oh. I'm aware I now. There's water. I also could have water yeah. if I chose to do so. And a couple minutes go by, and she picks up her water bottle, and she can't open it. Not for lack of strength. I think maybe her palms were a bit sweaty or something. We'll never know. We'll never know what the problem was, but she struggled to open it. And I noticed this and I reached over and I opened that water bottle for her and I handed it to her. And it was truly touching. It was a very nice moment. And it was also amazing because, yeah, like you, she can fit two of your arms within her arm. Yeah. If not more. She could literally just with one hand squash my skull if she wanted to. Yeah. But I opened the water bottle for her. Yeah. And I also felt like I was looking out for her, which was a nice feeling to have. I think that was the real unlock. And then she warmed up to you the last little bit. Because I could have. Well, it was she less did, so about like, like me, the giving yes. her water. Yeah, I think she liked me too. Yeah. I don't think it was like, oh, I'm quenching your thirst. I think it was like, I've got enough control over this situation as an interviewer to multitask this for you. So you don't have to be nervous. Without, I'm not nervous. You shouldn't be nervous. Yeah. You know, and Didn't I think that a was a, yeah. Yeah. 
That was wonderful. And, and if anyone actually from right. Disrupt has footage of that, if like a video, a video of it, I will phone. give you all my crypto. I'm, uh, I'm not joking. I will give you all the crypto beware. I own. Beware. I don't think that's any crypto. It's a little bit. I got a little <laughs> bit in Ethereum and Solana. Oh, okay. It's not much, and we're in the middle of crypto winter, but you can have it. Wow, you're no here joke. first. So at us, I found, and we'll get you that crypto. Yeah, that's sweet, sweet $30. Thanks very much, Jordan. Thanks, I look Darryl. forward to hearing more in your eventual memoir about your lifelong friendship with Serena Williams. Me too. I can't wait to write it. Chapter one begins now. Thanks to everyone who came to Disrupt. We all had an amazing time. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check out all the other TC podcasts, Found, Equity, Chain Reaction, and the TechCrunch Live podcast. We'll be back next week with a regular episode. The TechCrunch podcast is hosted by myself, managing editor Daryl Etherington. We're produced by Maggie Stamets with editing by Kel Keller. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator. Alyssa Stringer leads audience development and Henry Pickovit manages TechCrunch's audio products. Thanks for listening and we'll be back next week.